Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Jay Williams is dressed up like a cowboy today on that Take Smith show that, that's always over your shoulder as I host this program, Jackson. I wish I could that, pull off a cowboy hat. Is that first hat. take or is that the thing that Shannon Sharp's leaving? First take. Uh, this is first take. He's leaving undisputed. Right. Well, either way, they're great shows. Take Smiths. Uh, I don't know. So now they're doing costumes. Yeah, you know. It's I, like the prop comedy of takes. It, it looks good. I wish I could pull off a cowboy hat. Why don't you come in dressed up like a cowboy tomorrow? I think that would. I used to be a little Tex. That's right. Hence the six shooter. What was so, a little Tex in the douchebag or something? Uh, we were. Yeah, we first started off as Tim and Boy, right. which I always liked, and then we became Yuppie and the douchebag, and then I became little Tex, and that's fully transformed into little Piddles. The little Piddles show. That is what this is called. It's brought to you by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. John Denton is going to join us on today's radio presentation. You, as a friend of the Feather, are welcome to text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Jackson reads every text, and uh, you print some of them out for your therapy sessions, right? Uh, I use them as bullet, bullet, bullet. Hmm. Perfect. Hold on. And in van. Two, Two and one. one. Bulletin board material. So you use the textures, texts as motivation. Yeah. Yeah. When I wake up every morning, it's the first thing I see. And I then, know that. Uh, yeah. And then I stare at myself in the mirror for about 15 minutes. And uh, after that, just mental roller coaster I go on, I'm ready for the day. I had no idea that it was bulletin. Built bulletin, bulletin, bulletin board material. I'm telling you, say that ten times fast. If you're bulletin driving board your material, bulletin board material, bulletin board material, bulletin board material. Not that tough. You're, that's like asking, you know, Barry Bonds to hit five home runs in a row. You are a legend. And, Thank you. Good and for you for finally understanding what you're dealing with here. Your your Hall of Fame diction. So I can't use you as a barometer. Oh my God. I need the common man. Yeah, the commoner. Yeah, the proletariat. Indeed. You, of course, being a noble. Right, and struggling with the English language on the daily. I'll look at myself in the mirror for 20 minutes tomorrow. I'm opening up that Air Comfort Service uh, text line. I think you are great the way you are, Jackson. How about that? That's the first text I saw. Yeah. What's going on here? Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah I think we all need to become a little bit more uh, accepting of ourselves. Pretty sure Little Piddles dressed up as a cowboy and assless leather chaps for his 12 dudes weekend in Tennessee. Yep. That wasn't as supportive, but uh, wonderful observation. But accurate. Uh, nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, Tim, where is Jamie Rivers' music? He has to be on his way in. That's from the 714. I've, I would I've, love it if I saw that door swing open and Jamie Rivers came in here. What have I said to annoy <laughs> Jamie Rivers so far today? Doesn't matter. I think it's kind of like you're watching a WWE show and they just start playing the Rocks music and the building goes crazy. Yeah, I never in my live long life have watched one WWE oh, wrestling. Oh, and now it's time to talk down to the audience again for no, the second time in 40 seconds. I will never judge people on what they do in their free time. Having said that, I wasn't even allowed to watch it growing up. And why was that? Your Ledoux parents thought that it was beneath them? My father said you can watch pretty much anything you want, but pro wrestling is not one of those things. He goes, if you want to watch sports, you can watch sports, but you're not going to be watching pro wrestling. <laughs> Well, I take a different route. I actually pin my son before I put him to bed each night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a South Cityan, going to what was the Keel Opera House to go see 
what was the WWF mm. was a rite of passage. Right. And there was one particular, I'm sure some people in our balloon party audience today may have been at this particular bout where I believe, it was a Friday night, Jackson, 10 years before you were born, Hulk Hogan was supposed to wrestle Andre the Giant. I mean, that's, that's I, big I, doings. I, I do know both of those gentlemen. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, kind of like when I was at the Chappelle and Chris Rock show, only in this one particular parallel, I could tell that they were delaying and something was wrong. Uh-huh. Now, I just thought Chappelle was back getting high. Honestly, that's what I thought it was. He's like, ah, St. Louis, I'll do it whenever I want to. As it turns out, he didn't leave Dayton, Ohio, in the private airport until about like 930 uh, Eastern or maybe Central. Hell, I don't know. And so they were buying time and Chris Rock went longer with his set. I could tell that like the matches were getting dragged out longer, just probably a coincidence. And then somebody, I guess the loud, maybe it was John Hewlett, came over the loudspeaker and said, Hulk Hogan is circling Lambert, and he may not be able to arrive. And so, or it was Andre the Giant. One of them couldn't be there. Oh. And so they're like, then they had to fight the Brooklyn Brawler or the Genius <laughs> or something. And you're just like, what happened? Now this was going to be the greatest night of my life. Yeah. Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. Now it's the guy who would read poetry, who I believe was the Macho Man's brother. Somebody will look that up, Nurse. Now Andre the Giant was a massive human being, though. Yeah, hence the name. Right, but like. Not like hyperbole. He actually was like kind of a giant. That's correct. And he would fight guys like considerably smaller than him. Correct. And he wouldn't always win, right? Correct. Seems far fetched, but I don't know. Wow. I'm, I'm not so trying now you're to call, gonna call the credibility of the venture. And you're not this first segment here. <laughs> I'm a little suspect. I'm just I I just I'm curious about the whole situation. I just has never been a thing in my life. But God bless those. Do you who, look down on those? No. Who are passionate? I am gonna. I'm gonna call. I mean, and I'm gonna just so you know, I'm gonna make a move on the turn and take this thing down. You know, it's like watching a movie. You know, it's all entertainment. Wow. I'm not gonna you know judge anybody on it. God bless. Piddles, I bet you know Hulk Hogan from Suburban Commandos. That's from the 314. I don't understand the reference. Tim, you're talking about leaping Lanny Paffo. Who? I was always confused how to pronounce the last name. The Macho Man was a catcher in the Cardinal organization. Did you know that? Randy Savage? Yes, he was. Wow, you didn't know that. I can tell you didn't know that. No, I had no idea. I know John David Washington. I think it was Poffo, and then his brother was Leaping Lenny. Then I guess he became the genius. Now we'll talk more wrestling as we go. We have an hour. Yeah. John Denton will join us. Maybe we'll talk wrestling with John Denton. I don't know. I know you have this. I I could do the rest of the day's programming on the litigation between major league baseball and diamond sports aka bally's aka bailey's uh i mean holy crap i am enamored with this now i want to give an overview the problem is once i go into an overview john denton's 1015 hit becomes john <laughs> denton's 1050 hit but the exchange between rob manfred and Bailey's CEO about what took place in a private meeting in Manfred's office reminds me of something in Casino with Sam Ace Rothstein and the gentleman who reminded me of Sam Elliott. Yeah. Gruff voice. Yeah. 
talked like a cowboy as he was a Las Vegas local who wanted to get it was his nephew. wasn't a very bright guy. Kind of reminds me of Cousin Greg from Succession, by Good the way. Call. Thank you so much. I'm excited about the myself height, again. The, the height thing and the incompetence certainly Correct. Lead, lead you to that conclusion. And Sam Ace Rothstein, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it, 1991's Casino, wasn't going to acquiesce. And then that wound up leading to problems with the commission. The commission, of course, fronted by... Kansas City? That's a city. This, of course, being a person, Sonny Bono. Wow. You didn't know that was Sonny Bono? Well, I thought the whole thing was like the, the Kansas City, and that's where the, the grocery store... Have you seen the movie? Casino? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, then why are you so confused by the plot that I'm... I'm not. It was all the Kansas City, uh, you know, dealings. Why won't you say mob? <laughs> I can tell you're avoiding it. And on top of it, it's wrong. It's Sonny Bono. Okay. Well, I, I was confused. I know that the, the, the guy who wanted to get the, the dealer in there was the head of the gaming commission. Cousin Greg's, you know, person there was uh, was the head of the gaming commission. I didn't know it was fronted by Sonny Bono. <laughs> Sonny Bono was in charge of the hearing. Oh, I'm, I've, I might have. Husband of shared. I might have but been. either way, the whole point is... I'm reading the transcript of the exchange in the courtroom in Houston yesterday between the commissioner of Major League Baseball. This isn't like my bookie from Columbia in the 90s. <laughs> and I know that's resonating for like nine of you out there right now. This is the commissioner of Major League Baseball. And then this is the CEO of Sinclair. And the exchange is phenomenal. Phenomenal, because we've been sitting on this program for months going, this whole thing between baseball and Sinclair slash Diamond Sports slash Bally's slash Bailey's sounds scummy. And then, under oath, the commissioner of baseball, with the guy in the courtroom, tells a story of a shakedown in his office. Oh my God, this really happened. Unbelievable. And then on top of it, the attorney for the head of Sinclair doesn't deny it. He just says, well, he's not really in charge. And I go, well, he's the CEO. Then if he's not in charge, who is in charge other than the CEO? So we will have that for you. It is the best. It is the absolute best. Now, it's just titillating even if it didn't matter to you. But here is how it can and will impact you as a Cardinal fan or as a baseball fan, potentially as a Blues fan, because Sinclair, which is now distancing itself from the whole thing and saying, well, this is Diamond Sports, but who owns Diamond Sports? Well, we do, but this is Diamond Sports. Sounds good. <laughs> which is doing business as Bally's Sports, referenced on this program and TMA as Bailey's. Correct. And they've had a rough go of it since they acquired these regional sports networks for $10.6 billion <laughs> in 2019. Major League Baseball, according to the Sinclair CEO, came to him in January and said, we'll give you $60 million for it. They said, excuse me, we paid $10.6 billion three years ago. I know, but we think it's worth 60 It's your own product. We know. But we'll give you $60 million. And then there was a dispute, and Manfred goes, I offered him $400 million. How can we, <laughs> how can we have a dispute of $340 million? But that's error. not the best part. It goes on. But here is how it impacts you. 
The Padres were not paid this past Tuesday. I'm telling you, I may or may not have run numbers back in the 90s in Columbia. I may or may not have. I don't know what the statute of limitations is. I'll talk with counsel. I think you're good. Thank you. And when I ran numbers, Tuesday was payday. And there would always be this one guy. And I and he'd always not be home. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey's is never home on payday. And the Padres are me. And the Padres didn't get paid. And so the Padres went out and spent, you know, like somebody who just got drafted in the first round and go, Soto, Tatis. Bring them all. You Darvish. 250. Bogarts. 250 million. And I'm going, boy, San Diego's moving all in. San Diego no longer getting paid for its television contract. So the game is now just airing on San Diego cable, which for fans, I'm sure they're like, this is the bee's knees. But for the Padres, they're not getting paid. Nor are, nor have been, the Guardians, Twins, Rangers, and Diamondbacks. Correct. So, they go to a courtroom yesterday in Houston, and in this exchange, you have the Sam Ace Rothstein shakedown that you will go, This I can't believe this actually happened. And then the best part is, you will think I am improv when I read the transcript, and it actually is the transcript of what Rob Manfred said, the CEO, I guess I shouldn't say CEO, executive chairman, executive chairman said to him in a private meeting that both acknowledged happened in Manfred's office. It's phenomenal. But how does it impact you? Here's how it impacts you. Because if this goes away, Cardinal games may be available everywhere, including your phone, and the blackouts will go away. So it's a great thing for the fan for the teams, you got a problem. For the Cardinals in particular, you got a problem. They're making $70 million this year from their television deal. And that is increasing over the course of the deal. But if Bailey's goes, we out, Cardinals have to find where they're going to just get another $70 million. You can talk about 3 million fans all you want. $70 million counts. Think how many players $70 million takes for the Cardinal payroll. You might not like who it's going to. Doesn't matter. $70 million gets you two times what Steven Matz is still owed. <laughs> oh, wow. Well done. That's how we do math on Balloon Party, Jackson. So we will have that for you in the second half. And I understand it's the Little Piddle Sports Business Review. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, when you have a, a really fast green on a downhill putt. Mm. Sometimes you just got to tap it and, and let it go. And roll and then just and hope then you You're the ball and I am the putter right there. And All I'm right. just going to just tap let the go. putt. All right. Well, away we will go in the second half. John Denton is going to get us ready for the post-May-June break that the Cardinals are having for the first time since 1978, this mm-hmm. two-day break. Uh, we'll talk it over with him next, and then the Little Piddle Sports Business Review, which will detail quite an exchange in a Houston courtroom yesterday between Rob Manfred and Bailey's slash Diamond Sports slash Sinclair's Council. That's coming your way up next on Balloon Party. 101 ESPN, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. You're my mug and ass. St. Louis Ack. You're an Alton Toyota. 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan. Action Jackson with you. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the program friend of the show from MLB.com, John Denton. Morning, John. Hey, Tim. How are you? I am wonderful. I noticed that uh, when Jackson called you up, he tried to get you talking NBA. He tries to get everybody talking NBA, but you're an NBA guy, are you not? 
I am an NBA guy. I covered the NBA for 23 years and uh, loved every second of it. And, you know, it's uh, I, I think the Miami Heat are in the exact position that, that Eric Spolster wants to be. They're, they're the underdog. They're being overlooked. He's going to use every ounce of that. This is going to be a long series. Denver's a better team, but this is going to be a long series because that Miami team will fight you to the very end. Jackson is salivating right now as you say these words. I just want you to uh, to know that. Uh, so, what did you did you? That means you covered Shaquille O'Neal, then, right? Um, I covered him after he left uh, Orlando. I, I covered the Magic mainly for for the whole time. I missed Shaq. I had I started in '97, so I covered uh, Penny's last year in Orlando. But I got every time Shaq came back, every time he faced Dwight Howard. Uh, there's more drama in the NBA than there is in the seventh grade lunchroom. So it's, uh, you know, there's always people talking trash about one another and there, there's alpha dog, alpha males fighting for other alpha males. So the NBA is always full of that, uh, you know, one-on-one uh, trash talk type drama. I have been in MLB clubhouses, probably more than any, I would suppose, NHL rooms and uh, NFL locker rooms as well. Probably, I guess, maybe a couple of NBA games. Uh, in my career, have you covered all four of the uh, the major North American professional leagues? I've covered three of them. I've covered four Super Bowls. I've covered six NBA Finals. Uh, you know, I've covered baseball for a couple of years now. Never covered uh, never covered hockey, but okay. I heard those guys are great to deal with. They're the that's what I was about to say. Without I I can't imagine anybody who's covered all four would not yeah. say hockey guys are the best. So my question to you, now having not covered baseball, NFL, and NBA, uh, which one was the most difficult? Um, let's see. Um, football football's tough because the quarterback only talks like one day a week. The quarterback, you know, he'll, he'll grace the media with his presence on a Wednesday, and then you won't see him again until Sunday. Um, I didn't like football because it was basically six days of filler for one game. Yeah, you're right about that. I like baseball that it's every day. I like basketball that it's every other day. Uh, I, I told people last season the biggest difference between covering uh, baseball and and uh, NBA is I heard more country music and saw more pickup trucks in a month than I saw in 20 years of covering the NBA. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man, the NHL guys. I don't know what that's about. Uh, Kelly Chase told me this one time when I had him on my podcast. He has our, ga- our game has a way of rooting out a-holes at a young age. And I, there must be something to it, man, because I, I, I don't even know if I ever did cross a hockey player. I'm going, God, I don't want to have to deal with him today. They were just, they were just uh-huh. the absolute best. But I, the baseball is tough in the sense that I understand why the guys who, who are playing, and the manager for that matter, but the guys who are playing, I mean, it's 162 pregame, postgame, yeah. and then you also include spring training. And, you know, if you're fortunate enough, the postseason – and part of their psychology is it's a day-to-day thing. you got to have a short memory, and you can't really get all that worked up if you lose a game. And so it's, it's a tough thing, whereas fans certainly can understandably overreact. The players themselves have to kind of compartmentalize it, so their reaction may not be as dramatic as the fans. Yeah, definitely. You know, those guys, once they go home at night, it's over. The, the previous day is over, and they move on to the next one. Whereas in the NBA, you can – you can still you can kind of rehash because you play every other day and you can hype up the next game yeah. a little more. You know they're always in game mode in baseball, whereas uh, basketball players are a little more relaxed in between games and you can 
you can look back and you can look forward and that sort of thing a little more in basketball. But you know, hey, uh, we get to go to sports for sports events for a living, so we're we're stealing money. You better believe it, man. That is the uh, best perspective to have. Couldn't be any luckier uh, to do what we do. I was looking up the odds on the National League Central because I've been waiting to fire a big bullet on the Cardinals to win the National League Central. And even though ever since really uh, beating up on the Brewers and Dodgers going five and two on that homestand and then struggling, relatively speaking, splitting with the Reds wasn't something I think that they were hoping to do. And then losing two of three to the Guardians and then splitting with the Royals. Somehow the Cardinals odds to win the National League Central have actually improved. Now they are, despite being tied for uh, last place, both five games back with the Cubs of the Brewers, the Cardinals are still only two to one on the money to win the National League Central. Point being around baseball and around gambling, the thought is eventually the Cardinals are going to win the National League Central. But now we are in the month of June. They are still seven games below 500. Only two teams in the National League have fewer wins, and no team in the National League, minus the last place Colorado Rockies, have more losses. The Cardinals are still viewed as a stock to buy. You are covering this team. You've been covering this team since spring training. Do you still see that upside that it's going to get right, or are you at a point where you're going, man, maybe they they kind of are who they are, and fans are going to wind up dealing with a, a disappointing season. Yeah, you know, to early early in the season when this, when this team was ten and twenty four, you're kind of thinking to yourself, "Wow, maybe they're not as good as we thought. Maybe they're just not that good." You know, um, but but then you see what they did during that stretch. I mean, you go into Wrigley, win two out of three, you sweep the Red Sox, come home for that five and two homestand. Uh, you know that that's impressive. That shows the potential of this team that shows how good this team can be I, I think that series opened Milwaukee's eyes to oh no we thought they were dead but man they're not dead at all uh, I think there was a little bit of realization in that series that the Cardinals were the were the better team and will eventually track Milwaukee down uh, we all know the Cubs usually die about August the Brewers usually die about August they, they run out of pitching meanwhile the Cardinals just keep pushing and I really think that's going to happen again. You know, I, their pitching staff has actually improved. If you look at the last 10, 12 games, they're at the top of the National League. Uh, you know, take away those those last few games. Uh, they, they have an offense that can score runs. Uh, do I think they're a contender right now? No, but do I think they're going to win the division? Yes. Yeah, I, and that's the thing. If you say even money, you got to pick who wins the National League Central. I go, I'd go with the Cardinals. Uh, but then that gets into the pitching conversation. You've written about Miles Michaelis and and what he has done really going back about a month and a half ago, his third or fourth start into the season, that Thursday afternoon start against the Giants and, and how things have turned and how important it has been. But you've also seen some of the guys who were pitching at that time better, such as Jordan Montgomery, fall off. And then it gets into the question that that will you know follow the Cardinals until we get an answer, which is what will they do with that starting staff? So let's analyze the starting staff here as we enter the month of June and have this two-day break and what direction you think the Cardinals are going to go. Uh, I would gather you would think that they will make an acquisition at some point, but how are they going to handle things with that rotation until the time that they do make an acquisition or two to uh, bolster the rotation? I think Matthew Levator is going to get a, a two or three start runway to kind of prove what he can do. Uh, you know, he, he got the first start and pitched really well. And then, you know, it wasn't his fault, but he, he kind of got jerked around after that. You know, they, they, they used him in the bullpen some, uh, didn't know whether he was going to make his next start, when or when he was going to do that. 
Um, but I think he's going to get a, a chance to prove that he belongs in this rotation. Hey. Steven Matz looked better the other day out of the bullpen. Yeah. He, uh, Velo was up. He struck out four guys. He actually pitched inside and hit a couple of guys, which you know is not all not not all a bad thing because he was leaving the ball out over the plate in Cincinnati. He needs to stay in the bullpen and kind of rebuild his confidence because that day in Cincinnati, he seemed like a broken a broken man. You know, his confidence is gone. He he doesn't have control of his pitches. Uh, they they were they think also that Jordan Montgomery will bounce back. I mean, Jordan Montgomery's stuff is too good for him to keep struggling like this. You know he. He won his first two, then I think he lost six in a row, but but he actually pitched well in about five of those. He just didn't get any run support. They think that eventually that will correct itself and Montgomery will get back on track. And, and you know, Wayno keeps saying he's a lot closer than people people think, but, you know, Wayno sees everything through rosy red glasses. So, you know, it'll have to be a, a wait and see with him. And then Miles, what Miles has done the last two outings really is, is gutsy stuff because – his team really needed him these last two starts, and he's come through in a, in a good way. And I really believe what they're saying now about how the, the WBC really messed him up because he you know, he pitched so sporadically in the WBC. And then that those first three starts were almost like a second spring training for him. And he's been a different pitcher these last nine nine outings. Yeah, he has been on fire for the Cardinals. And you're right, man. They, they absolutely needed him to be with both of these last two starts, the one-day game against the Reds and then this second game against the Royals earlier this week. Final question for you, John, as John Denton is our guest here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Uh, Jordan Walker, and not just because of his recent performance, a home run last night, absolutely uh, crushed the ball last night for Memphis, but also the cardinal circumstance in the outfield with both a combination of health and performance has gotten that conversation going uh, probably at peak level since he went down to Memphis in late April. What is your assessment of where Walker is? And then my follow-up to that would be your assessment of where the Cardinals' view of Walker's short-term plans to return to St. Louis are. Well, they they kind of knew this was going to happen. They, you know, Ali Marmol said all along. He said, "Look, don't view what he goes down there and does on a seven day sample, or don't view it on a ten day box score." Uh, you, you know, he kind of went through this dip, and he's coming back now. And you know that that sounds all well and good, but you know, I, I really I'm afraid they did some damage to this kid. Like I, I was talking to his father the other day, and he said, you know, it took a couple weeks for Jordan to to bounce back from this. It, it hit him hard being sent down to the minors. You know, nobody wants to go through that. And, you know, you're the number one prospect in baseball. You get called up and then you get sent down three or four weeks later. So that that really threw him for a loop. Uh, the, the kid is an undeniable talent. He's going to be great someday. He's going to be the Cardinals' right fielder for the next 10 years. Uh, he, they, he's just got to get over this, uh, you know, get over this hurdle of being sent down. He's starting to hit the ball a lot better. I really think he'll be in St. Louis in the, within the next two weeks or so. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, a lot, a lot of it's going to depend on uh, Lars Newtbar, how, you know, his back, uh, Dylan Carlson, how quickly he can get back from this ankle thing. And then, you know, there's still the, the Tyler O'Neill monster sitting out there that nobody knows where that one's headed. But, I, I you know, I, Jordan Walker's talent is just too undeniable. Uh, his mindset is too undeniable. You know, the kid is, is built for stardom. I think within the next two weeks, I think he's going to be in St. Louis. And I would imagine this. When he is called up, they are not sending him back down again, period. In other words, that's one of the things that they're having to make sure that they're cool with, that they know that they cannot send him back down again. Do you agree with that? Yeah. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can do that. You can send a guy up and down if you're Taylor Motter or if you're, you know, a third catcher or something like that. But you can't do that with a 6'6", 245-pound guy who's the number one prospect in baseball. And, you know, I, I, I know the Cardinals' intentions were good, but I still doubt that one. I still don't think it was the right move. I think that kid belongs at this level. He proved that he belonged at this level. Uh, yes, he, they're working on some minor swing changes. But he still hit a ball on the ground 114.7 miles an hour the other day. There's nothing bad about that at all. And I know they want him to maximize his potential, but I, I still say, and I've said all along, that when they sent him down, that was more about Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Alec Burleson, and Lars Newbar than it was about Jordan Walker. And now they wanted with, the other three to wake up. It, it, well, so let's let's kind of do an autopsy on what has transpired with those guys since, because we've certainly talked about Walker's numbers since going down to Memphis. I, I realize it's it's got some asterisks next to it because of health, but how would you analyze how it's worked out? for the Cardinals giving those guys the stage and, and taking Walker down I-55 and out of the picture. Well, you know, John Mazelik said the other day one of the biggest abilities is availability, and, you know, Tyler O'Neill's still not available. So you, you kind of you know, have to wonder if he, if he's getting checked off the list. Uh, Dylan Carlson was, had a good run going. He is absolutely their best defensive center fielder, but he got hurt again, you know, so – he needs to come back. He needs to get back as soon as possible and get back to the level he was playing at. Uh, I think Lars Newbar has proven that he's an everyday major league player, a guy they can count on. Uh, you know, Alec Burleson's a good bat. He makes great contact, great hand-eye coordination, but I think I see him more in, in the role of the, being a fourth outfielder. Yeah, it is uh, something to keep an eye on here, not just for the impact it will have on the Cardinals offensively and in that outfield specifically, but how it will look over the next 60 days and what the Cardinals may decide to do when it comes to the trade deadline and acquiring a starting pitcher and what guy may have value with a number of pitchers who are on the market in the free agency calendar of 2023-2024 being potentially available at that deadline. John Denton, every Thursday here on Balloon Party. John, always enjoy the conversation, man. Thank you so much for your time. All right, Tim. Take care. Have a good show. Thank you, John. That's John Denton with us here. MLB.com. Miss anything? Go back and podcast Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast this Saturday, Jackson. The Fast Lane and the Rizzuto Show from 105.7 The Point are squaring off once again in a softball home run derby hosted by the O'Fallon Hoots. Join us this Saturday, June 3rd at Car Shield Field in O'Fallon, Missouri for the Fast Lane versus the Rizzuto Show. Home run derby brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling and Complete Auto Body and Repair. There will be a fast pitch MLB alumni home run derby later that night featuring Andrew Jones, Mike Matheny, Scott Spezio, and Bo Hart. General admission tickets on sale now for just $15. Get all the details on this year's O'Fallon Hoots home run derby at 101ESPN.com. All right, on the other side of our commercial break, the transcript from Rob Manfred under oath yesterday regarding a private meeting with him and the head of Sinclair on MLB television that you will think is a scene from a Scorsese film. It's next, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is, that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Welcome back. 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour. Jackson, we are off tomorrow. Your thoughts on that? 314-399-646 is how you can text in. Uh, it's it's uh, it's golf tournament season. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. And uh, you take all this time off for these golf tournaments you play in, and it's, uh, it's a little tiring, honestly. No, and I hear you on that. And uh, honestly, I'm just... It's all about getting the game right, you know, and it gives me that confidence. So when you hear me on the radio and you're like, man, this guy does sound confident. It sounds, yeah, he does. It sounds he like does. a real broadcaster. It's because I'm getting in these work. And unfortunately, they're just on weekdays. So when Jackson takes off for these golf tournaments, I take off as well. In and solidarity. That's a, that's it's, a, it's, it's, it's a solidarity it's, thing. It's a solidarity. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is uh, magical. Uh, quote from The Athletic. No easy task today. U.S. Judge Christopher Lopez quipped. Nine and a half hours into Wednesday's highly contention, contentious Diamond Sports Group bankruptcy hearing in Houston, featuring the regional sports network on one side and Major League Baseball and four of its team on the other. With Rob Manfred often bobbing back and forth during his time on the witness stand, Major League Baseball's four-year-long battle with Diamond Sports Group, heretofore known as Bailey's. Thank you. And its parent, Sinclair, got a full public airing. Held to determine if Bailey's should pay the Rangers, Twins, Guardians, and Diamondbacks full value. What a case. (laughs) On their TV contracts, the hearing ripped back the curtain on the bitter relationship between baseball and Bailey's, which airs 13 baseball teams' games in addition to 28 from the NBA and NHL. The central issue in the case is Bailey's passionate pursuit of streaming rights for all of its teams, with those locked down for one more season for all its NBA and NHL franchises, but for only five Major League Baseball squads. Uh, For the record, the Cardinals are not one of those. Since Sinclair purchased the RSN business in 2019 through the bankruptcy filing in March and on Wednesday, it has aggressively sought Major League Baseball's direct-to-consumer rights as the cord-cutting-induced demise of the traditional cable system accelerated and ultimately forced the bankruptcy. This is this is Tim's brief aside. These are my editor's notes. Mm-hmm. When would you say, Jackson, ballpark? And you're not under oath. Where This is just me and you talking here. Yeah. When would you say cord-cutting began? Would you say, like, oh, 2020, 2021? Oh, no, I'd say before that. I would say 2016. Okay, well, this transaction was made in 2019. Okay. Blackmail! An MLB outside counsel named James Bromley called Diamond, also known as Bailey's Approach, (laughs) that it would pay the four teams, the Guardians, Twins, Rangers, and... Diamondbacks. Thank you. Their full value if they simply handed over their direct streaming rights. I mean, what are we doing? (laughs) Simply hand them over for nothing. We'll pay you, but only if you give us this thing worth hundreds of millions of dollars for free. Baseball declined. As you might imagine. Another MLB outside counsel, Ben Walker, compelled Diamond Bailey's CEO, David Preschlack, to divulge the number of subscribers to Bailey's Sports Plus since the direct-to-consumer app launched last June, a figure the company has held tight. This is another Tim's Mm -hmm. editor's notes. Yeah. If a company, you already know where I'm going. Yeah. Where am I going? You tell me where I'm going. If a company uh-huh. doesn't want to divulge their numbers on certain things, it's probably for a reason. 
And that reason is they're not doing real well. Correct. That's a good read, Jackson. That is exactly where I was going. Uh, yes, they have not been sharing those numbers. It turns out the answer is 203,000, a figure Preshlak admitted is 55% of the corporate goal. Quote, and despite this budget miss in the first quarter, you are still projecting over 850,000 subscribers, that's 4X, by the end of the year, more than four times the number of subscribers as of April. And then Preshlak answered affirmatively, though he used a figure of 802,000, and confirmed the next question that Diamond is projecting 10 million subscribers by 2028. Tim's editor's note. Jackson, uh-huh. I know you're an investor, and you're Indeed. with some old money venture capital fund that only people who went to Ledoux, MICDS, and Burroughs are allowed in. Is that correct? Is that the deal? Yep. Uh, so, in, in you guys see a lot of pitch decks. I know you do. Oh, a ton. Yeah. P&Ls left and right. And you're usually looking at, what, $100 million valuations, min? Yeah, if it's a slow day. Right. And what you'll see are what we call the hockey stick valuation. Oh, we're trending along. Look at 2023, 2024, 2020. All of a sudden, in 2026, it just went up. Yeah. When we see those, we usually show them the door. Well, they went from 802,000 subscribers, even though they're at 200,000 right now in the next five months. But in the next five years, they will go from 802,000, even though, again, they're at 200,000 right now, to 10 million subscribers by 2028. You know what will change everything, Tim? Exponential growth. That's exactly right. Major League Baseball, skeptical. Uh, So, here is our Sam Ace Rothstein moment. Now, this, again, is something that you would assume happened in, like, the back alley behind the Windsor Inn on Hampton Avenue in 1987, <laughs> except it happened in New York City and Manhattan at Rob Manfred's office. It's been no secret that Diamond Sports Group, Bailey's, and MLB have been at loggerheads for some time. But the depth came into the open with Manfred's time on the witness stand. Friendly questioning from MLB counsel Bromley elicited an anecdote in which the commissioner accused the executive chairman of Sinclair, David Smith, of threatening economic harm to baseball if it did not consent to give over the direct-to-consumer rights. Manfred said, under oath, quote, the chairman of Sinclair actually came to New York to see me. We met one-on-one. And Mr. Smith said, you know, we want these rights. (laughs) And I said... Well, you know, unfortunately, sometimes people want things they're not going to get, and you're not going to get these rights. And then Smith says to me, so let me tell you what's going to (laughs) happen. He says, I put $2 billion into the purchase of these RSNs. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep this thing going long enough until I get my $2 billion out, okay? And then I'm going to start squeezing your clubs to take their rights fees down, okay? In order to make sure that I stay profitable in the RSN business. And if they don't agree to that, I'm going to put the entity into bankruptcy. And then I'm going to selectively reject contracts. I read that word for word. I know it sounded like I was doing Steve Buscemi as Nucky Thompson. Indeed. Boardwalk Empire. Good. Good. But no, this was Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, on the stand yesterday. (laughs) Telling the tale of how the executive chairman of Sinclair explained to him how he was going to squeeze him. 
Squeeze your clubs. I'm going to squeeze your clubs. <laughs> so what did Sinclair do this past week? They did not pay the San Diego Padres. So the Padres now join the Guardians, the Twins, the Rangers, and the Diamondbacks, five teams who have not been paid by the people at Bailey's. That's correct. So Major League Baseball has what we call a situation on its hands. Indeed. And you might say, well, the Cardinals have been paid. And Bill DeWitt III said last week they have indeed been paid. However... Here is where we get into a situation. Cardinals are making $70 million per the St. Louis Post-Dispatch from their television rights in 2023. Those rights will increase as the contract goes on. They are in the midst of a 10-year, $1.2 billion deal with the people at... uh, Bailey's. That's correct. They also were given 25% ownership of Bailey's Bailey's. uh, Sports Midwest, which... Here is a golf tee that I have in my pocket. This golf tee is worth, I think, as much as that 25% stake. I'm holding it, and my fingerprints are worth a lot. So nonetheless, at some point, the Cardinals' $70 million from television revenue is going to decline. That is very rare in the world of sports business that you are going to see a product that is a blue-chip stock, which is baseball, even though it might be declining with certain age demographics, still a blue-chip stock where its television rights are going to go down. And then you go, well, what does that mean to me as a fan? And here is what I will tell you it means to you as a fan. So outside of the amazing shakedown going on between (laughs) the commissioner of baseball and his office and the executive chairman of Sinclair... Uh, and the dialogue in which he telegraphs how he is going to squeeze him unless he hands over the rights. Like I said, Windsor and Hampton Avenue, 1987. This is how it affects you. Number one, where will you watch Cardinals games? Within two years, you won't be watching it on Bailey's. I assure you of that. And then secondarily, if you are not watching it, which means the Cardinals aren't receiving that money, then how will the Cardinals, along with other teams, but we're in St. Louis, we'll talk Cardinals, how will the Cardinals replace that revenue? And if you're in New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or Boston or Philadelphia or San Francisco, not the East Bay, but San Francisco, uh, perhaps it is easy because you're in a top six or seven market. St. Louis is a, due respect, declining market. At one time, it was a top 10 market in the 1960s. Now it's trending downward to falling out of the top 25. I believe currently 22 is where St. Louis is right now. And so it is not just as simple as, oh, we'll make up that money. Now, some people will default to the position, well, Bill, it's rich. He should still pay. That's not the way things work. Now, you can say it, and you might get some likes on Twitter, but as far as an actual business plan, somebody who's actually in business would go, oh, that person doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. That's pleasant, and he has a dog avatar. So the way this actually is going to work is, I would imagine the Cardinals will take it in-house and then sell advertising. That's what I would think they will do. And as you have noted, Jackson, the Phoenix Suns and is it the Phoenix Mercury? Correct. In the WNBA, they are now going to broadcast their games over over the air channels. And you go, what are over the air channels? Channel 2, Channel 4, Channel 5, Channel 11, Channel 30 in St. Louis. Be wonderful. Takes me back to the 1980s, the glory days, stolen bases, whitey ball. But in order to do that, that means the Cardinals are no longer receiving $70 million. And to just lay it out, if, you're, if your payroll is $160 million, you get an idea of how valuable that $70 million is. Absolutely. So 
This is a situation. It's a situation locally, and I would also tell you it's a situation from a macro standpoint with baseball because you may have a league in which salaries could start to go down. How about that? Which is the complete opposite of all other sports. Complete opposite. Now, I personally would happily pay $20 a month to go, oh, I'm anywhere, including in St. Louis, and able to watch a Cardinal game on my phone. Like I can watch the dogs wherever I am Yep. with the Apple TV app and MLS. That is not the way that it currently works. If I am in St. Louis, it's blacked out. Now, I was in Las Vegas this past weekend. I could watch Cardinal games on my phone. I'm an MLB TV guy. But MLB TV subscribers can watch everything except their home teams. And when you're in Las Vegas, the Angels, Dodgers, Padres, Giants, A's, and Diamondbacks are all blacked out. It's quite a system. So... Eventually, the byproduct will be you'll be able to watch games no matter where you are, and the blackout will go away. But what I'm telling you, the question for baseball economically is, and then how it translates to the fans, and then how ticket prices may increase exponentially because they got to make up the dollars and concession prices, which are already asinine, are going to have to go up because they're going to have to make up the dollars, and they're going to tell you it's for a good experience, but in reality, you're getting backdoored, is they are going to lose revenue, and there will be a trickle-down effect on the fans. You might be able to watch games everywhere, but now you're going to have a problem as far as the cost of going to the games. And I would already tell you that's already a problem for the common fan. Your thoughts, 314-399-9646. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, 101 ESPN. We are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, balloon party. Jackson, we gotta go. I didn't know. I you know, I got going on the Bailey's thing and it really drives me up the wall. Yeah. So I and I look, I got done with the segment, I go, oh boy, ten fifty five. Yeah. This one is this might be a record breaker. Uh, well, there it is. Time to go. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. We'll be back on Monday. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mongonast. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota 101 East. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.